Thank you for listening to our Catholic Influencers podcast. We're blessed that you're with us. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, our recording has gone through a bit of technical problems. So you'll hear a little bit of our voices going in and out. We ask you to bear with us. This is for episode one and two of season eight, but we'll get very much back into our top quality podcasting in episode three. God bless and thank you. FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Catholic Influences Influences Pond. I can't pronounce anything. You better take over. Catholic Influences Podcast. Season 8. New season, new space. New jingle. New jingle. (laughs) I don't know, when I hear that playing, I just feel better. It is. It's a fun, fun, funny song. It's a song we must acknowledge by a friend of ours. Josh Angrisano, check him out, Jay Sano. Jay Sano. Hey. But so we're, good. we're blessed to be here and in this season eight in a new premises, you can get to those of you who are seeing the video, have a BTS of uh, where we are at the moment yeah. in a new FRG ministry, the warehouse. Yes, there's a lot of edgy concrete going on. Um, we're it's freezing. a cold winter's day. It's cold. I've got a blanket on my feet, which you can't see. But um, no, it's so awesome to be back. I'm ready for a brand new season of. Yeah, diving into the second reading. That's so good. And what are you expecting from this um, this season? What are we? What are you most excited about? I think wh- uh, one thing I'm excited about is learning. This morning um, we were just preparing as uh, a team. Maybe uh, it's actually not even morning. It's afternoon. It's afternoon, it and we're preparing. And uh, your insights just like I I really studied this, yeah. but you guys came out with some amazing insights that I've learned. So I cannot wait, and we cannot wait to share this with you as well now. Mm. So I'm excited to learn. That's what I'm excited about too, actually. I was like, I feel really bad for saying this, but I procrastinate the study of these podcasts all the time because, look, sometimes it can be a little difficult to comprehend but hard to understand. But once you start and you start to learn these amazing things, I get really excited and... um, Yes, I feel excited when it's done and I understand it, but not during the process. But I'm excited for that every episode. Yeah, and I think for me, this just enriches my own relationship with God. Like so many times it's Mm. humbling because you're like, wow, you are speaking straight to my heart, God. And here I am thinking that, you know, we're here to share our learnings. It's not, it's really God has called me here to change my heart. So, and you guys get to have the front row stage to me getting humbled every single week. So, bring like it on. For, for example, the readings today, we have we, we, a whole battle of how to pronounce the names. It's very we'll obvious <laughs> and clear to me how you we'll pronounce To be it. disclosed. Yes, we'll see. <laughs> but we're also grateful that this season we're partnering with OSV, um, our Sunday wow. Vista, um, and and we're happy that they also will be platforming our um, podcasts as well. So if um, check it out, those of you who are listening for the first time through the OSV platform, we're grateful to have you. We're excited for this season. And always, as we say, as we believe, the best is yet to come. Amen. So we've had a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. What did you guys do? 
I <laughs> wish I went to Hawaii. Um, nah. um, over the break, I have just been traveling so much for work. I work for Alpha Australia and it's been really cool. So Melbourne is freezing and unfortunately I've had to go to the Gold Coast, the sunny <laughs> Gold Coast two or three times and I'm off to Darwin this week. So um, lots of travel, really fulfilling work, which has been cool. So you go to the summer, the places of summer. So that's really nice. Yeah. Well, uh, people, when they say we have the, a break from June to August, they think it's a summer break, but here it's, it's actually a winter, a winter It's break. a freezing cold break. It is freezing, <laughs> freezing cold, especially in this warehouse at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Eventually, maybe we'll get some heating here. How about yourself? What was your highlight of the break? Mm. I feel like I did lots of things. I did lots of travel for work as well, which is fun. Like they say, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. And mm -hmm. gosh, I do complain sometimes, but I do secretly love what I do. Um, <laughs> I'm publicly. I hear you yeah, say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, what was the highlight? My husband turned 30 and so we had a little bit of a party and staycation Ooh. for him. And we had a little like, a spa treatment and that was very relaxing Ooh. and it was and he's okay yeah, with spa fun. treatments, like uh, having well, a facial or something else? Oh, see, not really, but I got him the present for him, but it was actually a present <laughs> for me. <laughs> I see what you did And I think there. he enjoyed it. So <laughs> in, the, in The Simpsons, there's an episode like that of when um, uh, the Homer gets a present for Marge on Marg or whatever on her, on her birthday, and he gets her everything that he likes, like bowling balls and <laughs> all of this stuff. <laughs> That's what you were way. doing. Great marriage to buy into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I had a highlight too. Just actually this week, uh, one of the things that I love, and I know and I'm sure it's going to offend someone somewhere, <laughs> is that I love whiskeys. I love single malt whiskeys. So I went to Tasmania on a whiskey tour where I learned so much about single casks, single malt whiskies, and uh, got to work with the best distillers. You know, there are more distilleries, more whiskey distilleries in Tasmania, Australia, than in all of Scotland. Is, that's wow. crazy. That's crazy. So uh, Tasmania is taking over, as, as uh, in fact, has won a lot of prizes. But anyway, I don't want to bore you with this, but that was really fun. And no, don't worry, I didn't get drunk. <laughs> the, the, tasting, the tasting is very small, but... But it was um, just a blessing to be able to do that. So, um, I think let's just hear a little bit from our sponsors. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school, youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner and join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. But we're blessed um, as we read our scripture this week. We're going to read from a beautiful Bible verse, which is taken from the New Testament. Tell us a little bit about this, um, where it's taken from. It's taken from um, St. Paul's letter to Philemon. Um, this is actually the shortest of Paul's letters. Um, so we'll, we'll read it first and then we'll start to break open what this can mean, what it meant at, in those times and what it means today. So it's from the book of Philemon, verses 9 to 10 and then 12 to 17. This is Paul writing, an old man now, and what is more, still a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I'm appealing to you for a child of mine, 
whose father I became while wearing these chains. I mean Onesimus. I'm sending him back to you, and with him, I could say, a part of my own self. I should have liked to keep him with me. He could have been a substitute for you, to help me while I am in the chains that the good news has brought me. However, I did not want to do anything without your consent. It would have been forcing your act of kindness, which should be spontaneous. I know you have been deprived of Onesimus for a time, but it was only so that you could have him back forever. Not as a slave anymore, but something much better than a slave. A dear brother, especially dear to me, but how much more to you, as a blood brother, as well as a brother in the Lord. So if all that we have in common means anything to you, welcome him as you would me. Nice. Uh, the, uh, the old man, when he says he's an old man, <laughs> we have to keep things in context. What do they say? The seven, 70 is like equivalent to what 40 would have been then. So like, no, uh, yes. Okay. So, so like an old man, he was like in his 40s. They say That's you. you're an old man. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> just, just, you just revealed my. I'm no, sorry. No, I just realised no. that as I said it. <laughs> no, I am 40. Yes, but lucky um, we're not filming a <laughs> podcast or anything, and that's not live on air. I'm okay. I'm, not, I'm, I'm very proudly 40. But um, yeah, so like he probably was about 48, 49, um, or maybe mid 50s at most. But he would have considered himself an old man then, because it would be considered like senior, and he was in prison there. Um, but it's interesting, like um, that he's in this place, and he's he's after his shipwreck in Malta. So he had shipwrecked, and now he, they've taken him from from Israel, from the Holy Land. And now they've taken him to to um, to Rome, and he's in under house arrest. And now he's writing a letter to his. This is where all we have the famous letters that are, are sent out to the Corinthians, the Galatians. And Philemon, or Philemon, <laughs> who's he writing about, Justine? I honestly, this is humble thyself number one for season eight. I was like, Onesimus, right? <laughs> Onesimus. <laughs> Onesimus. <laughs> one th- I don't think I'll ever forget that one now. You know when you have these moments where you hear things and you're just never going to be able to forget it now? You're welcome. But no, no, now I know that it's always going to be Onesimus. Like Onesimus. Yeah. Onesimus. Uh, onesies, I love onesies. They come, came out with onesies socks now. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who are these people? Let's give a little bit of context to this reading. So we know that Paul is writing from prison and he's um, addressing his letter to Philemon, who's a convert of Paul. Um, and this letter is about Onesimus, who is one of Philemon's slaves. Now, something that's really cool about, about this letter is that it was addressed to a specific situation, um, and that, that being its purpose was to reconcile the fractured relationship between a master and a slave, the relationship between Philemon and Onesimus. But what this letter actually shows us, it gives us this huge glimpse into the life and, and mission of the church. And so basically the main message of this letter is that a Christian finds their identity in being an adopted child of the father um, and a brother and sister to all Christians. And basically that supersedes all other roles, all other um social and cultural roles like your identity in christ that's the top identity that we have and that hasn't changed as well it's who we are in christ that matters most no matter it's not about what people think of you it's not even about your social status 
nothing. You're going to take none of that with you except your identity and what you've done with that identity, how you've acted out and responded to that identity as a child of God. And I just think that this is just another um, piece of scripture that sort of reaffirms that if anyone thinks the Bible is boring, it, it really isn't. And I know that slavery is a very odd concept for us now because of our awareness in accordance to the time that we now live in. Um, but just some interesting information about Anisimus. Is that how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> you say, you say, yeah. you say yeah. it That's however it. you want. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Paul has a great love for him because he baptized him. He brought him to faith, that, you know. Um, but slaves under that Roman law had no rights because they were considered property. Um, and they could be condemned to hard labor. They could be punished with blows or with a rod or tortured. And it's suggested that perhaps Anisimus might have run away from Philemon. It, it's yet to be confirmed, but there is a suggestion that he perhaps ran away. And runaway slaves, um, their reality was that they were to be branded, get this, with a red hot iron on their forehead with the letter F, um, which stood for, in Latin, I think, fugitus. Fugitivus. Fugitive. It was a fugitive. And so that was his reality and they could at times have even been crucified. So um, it seems that perhaps Anisimus had stolen from Philemon, which is why Paul wrote that if he had wronged him in any way or owes him anything, that Philemon uh, should charge that to Paul's own account. So Paul was willing to take that on for the sake of him. Um, But it's so interesting because as strong as Roman culture and practice and the laws were – St. Paul was essentially telling um, Philemon, I'm questioning my pronunciation of every name <laughs> right just now. just do it confidently. <laughs> um, St. He, Paul told him that the Christian faith should be stronger. You know, he was sending Anisimus back to him and asked him to receive him, not as a slave, but as a brother. And really that's saying that the reality of the indelible mark of baptism mm-hmm. on Anisimus's soul was far, far weightier um, than being branded with the F, than that, you know, earthly slavery fugitive um, that was placed on his forehead. And, and that's that goes the same for us. Like our, you know, I suppose in the society that we live in, our Christian faith should trump all. The call yes. of our baptism, the sign of our baptism trumps all. Exactly. Especially if we saw things through um, a spiritual, like I do a lot of baptisms and I... Um, one uh, one thing that happens, I don't know, in the United States or the rest of the world, but a lot of Catholics get baptized because they have more of a chance to get into Catholic schools. So you have a lot of parents baptizing their children because their grandparents did it and because they can get into Catholic schools. And so um, they, they really it becomes just a ceremony. It becomes something that they do because they... Uh, um, sort of it becomes a, a ceremony. When one of the things I often tell them is, look, when, once they're, they're seated down, I said, look, you may be here because this is just a ceremony, but can I tell you, just imagine God, I say, just imagine God in heaven, and he's surrounded by all his angels and all his saints, and there's so much going, so much worship going on, and all of a sudden, I just imagine God standing up and looking at his angels and all the saints and saying, guys, shut up, stop. 
my daughter, my son is about to get baptized. And he just, this amazing silence. And then all of a sudden they're baptized and this huge rejoicing in heaven, this celebration. Why? Because there's such an effect, an, an effect on the soul, on the mark, on eternity. While everything else you've done that day, that year, that whole life marked only pretty much this life, that moment was the beginning of, of, of an eternal effect. Mm. that from this day on you are a child of God you be- belong to the kingdom of God you there's an indelible mark on your soul so th- this is just so powerful as well but back to the context and the pretext of where we're at um so um th- what happens is that Paul is here he's this is is in prison and he has this slave who had run away and who uh, was scared to go back to their master. So they're scared, oh no, I'm going to get branded, I'm going to get into trouble. And so what Paul is doing is just saying, hey, he's, like you said, he's uh, saying, set this guy free and let him serve the Lord. And let him serve the Lord through me. Let me continue to work with him. Let him continue to serve me here in Rome. But in order to do that, I'm, gonna, I'm sending him back to you. I'm sending uh, Onesimus back to you so that I want you not just to let him stay, Ah, oh, Paul is saying to stay, then just stay, just stay. It's not worth the hassle. No, I'm handing him back to you. So now it is you who have to give generously, you have to give freely, have to give, uh, have to give joyfully. You have every opportunity to keep him for yourself, but I want you to give generously. And this is, again, a call to us. So, so many times we, we want to give, but we don't give joyfully. There's a beautiful verse in, in another letter, 2 Corinthians verse 9, and it says that the Lord loves a joyful giver. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God has to pry things out of our hands, mm-hmm. has to do things, and even sometimes to a point where we end up sick and we're at, even on our deathbed to be able to give, to be generous with God. But imagine we could live our life as generous givers wherever we are throughout our life. And this is what Paul is, is beckoning. He's saying, hey, I don't want you to let him stay just for the sake of staying. I want him to stay only if you're ready to give joyfully. Yeah. Um, as you were saying that, I was just thinking, um, yeah, Paul didn't want Philemon to, to be forced into doing this. He wanted him to do it out of his own goodwill. But basically what Paul was asking to frame in another way, he's just basically saying to Philemon, I want you to sacrifice your legal rights. In, that t- in those times it was a legal right for him to have owned the slave sacrifice that legal right in order to serve the Christian mission. So you're saying, um, how can we be, be sacrifice what we want to be generous? But to frame it another way, I think of the times, how many times is God ask, asking us to sacrifice what we want for the sake of the Christian mission? Yes, exactly. And uh, it's, <laughs> it is really hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard sometimes. And I, I honestly believe, I'm able to talk a little bit about it uh, in, a, in a moment, but to give... Sometimes we need to plan to give. We can't just somehow be surprised by giving, be surprised by serving. And some, because we need to brace ourselves for generosity. It's sometimes really hard to be generous. It's hard to give. It's hard to love. It's hard to serve other people. And this is one thing that I often pray. Like when, even when I'm on a trip and I'm traveling with my band members, you know, the first thing I always pray is, God, 
I'm going to be with these people when I travel and I'm I don't I'm not around people so I'm very selfish okay I have my own space and I have my own world and I don't want people to step into my world and that's the way as priests we sort of have our own space but all of a sudden when I'm on the road I'm surrounded with people band members and I say this always I say God I want to be generous. I want to serve these people I'm with. I want to love the people I'm with. I don't want to, not even for a second, to think of how they can make my trip better, but how can I serve them? How can I make them more comfortable? How can I love them more? And this is, I I need to pray that prayer before I go there to be able to give joyfully. I'm going to bring a very long list on the next (laughs) (laughs) trip. (laughs) The things you can do for me. No, (laughs) that's really, that's really cool. It's an, I think it's an invitation to turn, in a sense, like uh, your clothes inside out, you know, the, your wants inside out. You know, these are the things that I want, but is there an opportunity to turn that inside out and see how I might be able to be generous in this moment instead of holding my cards close to my chest or just keeping this thing for myself or doing that thing for myself, that opportunity to, to look up from navel-gazing and say, how can I be generous Mm. even if i don't want to be right now Mm. that's exactly right and so yeah and even this invitation to be countercultural. i was just thinking as you were saying all of that is there's a line in this scripture verse that says welcome him as you would welcome me so if we again look at context um philemon had a really deep affection for paul um and we can see that in the language that paul uses in in this letter so basically Philemon would have rolled out the red carpet for Paul if he was coming to stay with him. And Paul's asking him to give the same treatment to his slave, which wouldn't generally be a thing that they would do in those times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just reminds me of the radical call that we have as Christians to just love universally. And it's easy when it like it's easy to love people when they think the same as us, but gosh, it's challenging when when they don't, but we're called to that. Yes. And when was even as you were saying that, I was thinking the way they are with how it is with God that this guy Onesimus was an ambassador of Paul and he wanted and expected him to be treated as you would treat Paul. But that's also how God treats us in our mess, in our unworthiness, that he sends us out in his name to, to, to serve in his name, to love in his name. And we could, and as Onesimus could have messed it up, we can mess it up as well. But yet God entrusts us, he gives us his reputation. And I think this is something so beautiful as well. And if we realize what we have so generously and so joyfully have been given, we too would be able to give joyfully and to serve joyfully. I just think that one more thing to uh, kind of bring out of this, um, a lot of the commentary that I did um, look at was saying that something that comes out of this passage is this, this whole issue of slavery and how come Paul didn't condemn the use of slaves in his letter so we've touched on this a little bit earlier as well um in the roman empire of the first century slavery was an accepted fact of life and i think the early christians just wouldn't have thought that it was even possible to even challenge this institution of the empire Um, but something to note is that paul and his disciples were already being super countercultural in treating people equally despite their social status But also something to to take away from this, the way that Paul addressed the topic of slavery in this letter did contribute to its eventual um, condemnation by people and the church. So Paul doesn't address the issue directly, but his request for Onesimus' freedom highlights um, the the slave's dignity as a person. And so it did take centuries before people in the church kind of came to a consensus, but this definitely contributed to that. Yeah, 
beautiful. And again, God calls us to love, to serve generously, and always to, to of course, to, to stand up for those who have less and little dignity. Just before we finish, we go to, not finish, we go to our next section. Just um, those of you who are joining us for the first time this season, season eight, the reason for this podcast is to give you, um, to prepare you for the Sunday readings. Because um, this is actually going to be, uh, which Sunday? It's going to be the... 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. So 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. This will be the second, second reading. Re- second reading. So, <laughs> sorry, there you go. So um, when you listen to this at Mass, listen. And listen with the eyes and the, um, the context which we brought here today. But let's hear again, once again, from our sponsors. This Catholic Influencers podcast is sponsored by Modern Grace. Modern Grace is a unique online Catholic gift store with a beautiful faith-inspired collection of gifts and homewares to bring into your life and to share with your family, friends, and faith-filled community. Stocking everything from liturgical planners, rosaries, inspiring reads, sacramental gifts, Catholic homewares, a children's collection of toys, wraps and teethers, and FRG ministry merchandise and more. Modern Grace introduces Catholic gifts which add value to your faith life for any occasion. Discounts available for stocking church piety stores, conferences and events. Just contact us online for more information. So check out their range at moderngrace.com.au and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, so now we're back to reality check. Let's apply what we have learned to our reality. Because sometimes we can study the scriptures, we can look through it, and it may not make sense to our lives, to our context. So let's, let's think a little bit about it. And to, to do that, we have a topic. What are we going to talk about? How are we going to bring it? We always like to make our reality checks a bit of a question. Um, and this week's question is, how generous is too generous? Ooh. Is there a line that we should be drawing when it comes to our generosity? Yeah, and I think the very, very human instinct was in me was like, all right, someone give me a criteria. Like, how generous is too generous? As Christians, is there such a thing as being too generous? Aren't we called to sacrifice and and be super generous? So, you know, I had a lot of questions popping up, you know, and not just with um, money, but also with my time. I have a lot of people asking me, as I'm sure maybe our listeners and, and you guys across the table, a lot of people asking me to do things. Am I supposed to say yes? So, Could someone help me answer this question? Is there such a thing as too generous? As you know, how generous is too generous? I I cannot help but think always of the quote from from Saint um, Australian Saint Mary MacKillop, and she says, "Never see a need without doing something about it." Mm -hmm. And I always say that's that sort of (laughs) going to cause you burnout (laughs) because if you say every need you saw. Um, that you had to do something about it, first of all, it will just burn you out because there's so much need around you. But when it's not about sort of the savior complex, uh, having to fix everyone's problems, but I think the idea is that you, that you need to be aware of your resources, you need to be aware of your limitations, and within those limitations, there's, you have to apportion it. Now, I know that this is practical, that this is a thing, but actually, we need to plan ahead. You need to apportion um, parts to your well-being, but also apportion parts to 
others. And many of us don't do that. We ha- keep everything for ourselves and we walk through life. And then when we see a need, we're just pouring from our overflow. And we're pouring and sometimes we feel a little bit more compassion. So we give a little bit more and sacrifice a little bit more. But in reality, it's just we're only scratching the surface of what we can do. Alternatively, we can plan ahead. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm. I mean, don't apologize for being practical because I think my tendency is I understand the beauty of generosity and can understand the concept and see how Jesus did it. But it is sometimes really hard to apply that realistically to my life as someone who's trying to live as a Christian. So bring on the practical um, any day of the week. Yeah, and I think we can have a a mixture. I know you like to talk about planned giving, which you'll break open really, really shortly, but also talk about the difference between planned giving and spontaneous giving. And we we don't need to just have one or not have the other. And we can apply this to different facets of our life it doesn't have to just be financial if this can be with our time with our talents Mm. we can have those aspects of plan giving and also leave room for that spontaneity Mm. yes and i think if you have this planned giving i don't know if it's rightly labeled but if you have if you plan ahead to give to live a life generously then the spontaneous giving becomes more meaningful it becomes more purposeful let me try and explain what I mean. Like, let's talk about money and then we'll talk about time, okay? So you're given 24 hours in a day, you're given a certain paycheck or let's say you have a certain amount of money coming in per month. And one of the things that you, we should do is we should look at our paycheck and say, rather than, okay, I'm going to put it straight into my bank account, uh, I'm going to survive the week, I'm going to survive the year, and what I look at it and I say, okay, God, I have this paycheck. How much of it do you want for me to keep for me? And how much do you want me to give away? Rather, at this moment when I'm holding it, it is not rightfully mine, Lord. It's yours. My, my, when I wake up in the morning, my 24 hours. Now, I do this at the night before I sleep. Or I do it the month before, even the year before. But say, let's, let's talk practically. Okay? Let's talk. So I have this paycheck and I'm thinking, okay, God, how much do you want me to give? Now, for me, my conviction is, for example, is um, to, hypothetically speaking, to put 10% away. 15% away. So what I do is I would plan ahead. I think, okay, can I survive? Would I be able to buy the groceries, pay, look after my children? Look, I don't have children, but look, look after the, the needs that I have if I sacrificed 10, 20%, okay? And I put it in a separate bank account of the gross amount, not net amount, okay? Because I, I think we should be extravagant. So of the gross amount, put 20% away or 10% away, 5% away into a bank account. So when a need arises, you give out of that charity account. Now, the pain is in making the decision. The pain is in having to plan the rest of your life with that less 20% in your life. But when the need arises, it's not painful to give because you know that money is not yours. Mm. So when there's a need, you give. It's, it's planned. It's, uh, and it's the same with the 24 hours. Okay, I can go and I can go and help. Can you come and help me move the fridge in my house? Can you help me to come and sing at this parish? Can you help me? This is spontaneous giving. But what if you plan the generosity moment? Like you say, okay, once a month I'm going to help um, this organization feed the people on the streets. Every six weeks I'm going to sing in this parish or on a weekend I'm going to volunteer here. So there is this planned giving And then there'll be the spontaneous giving. But in your life, there are anchors of generosity and not just spontaneity. Because believe me, there are moments you're going to give a lot and then there are going to be months you think, oh, I haven't given for ages. 
And God wants us to be a generous people. Like, but to do that, we need to plan. We need to plan ahead. Mm. It just sounds so wise, and I think um, planning within our faith life requires wisdom and discernment too. And I think yes. that's really wonderful because planned can sound sterile, and planned can just um, can sometimes feel void of emotion, but. I, I feel really challenged. I'm going to call my boyfriend after this and be like, man, I've only been giving spontaneously. Like, let's pray about mm-hmm. what God might be calling us to give consistently. Yes. And then again, as you say, it makes the spon- spontaneous gestures of generosity way more meaningful. Um, so I feel really challenged. So if anyone listening feels really challenged, mm. I'm with you. <laughs> so it's, it's really cool. Mm. So it's time, it's resources. And even you have a house, you think, okay, let's open to hospitality. Let's open whatever, once a month or whatever. So it's about being generous, planning ahead. And then sometimes the need arises, it comes more than once. And then you give more and you ask, and the Lord convicts you to give some more. But at least you're giving your bare minimum over a certain amount of time. Because at the end of the day, your paycheck is a gift from God. You've worked for it, yes, and you deserve your pay. But at the end of the day, it is God's gift, God's providence in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think also, um, just to sort of add some add to the context of that, uh, it's the disposition of your heart when you give. You kind of have to stop and have a bit of a check-in with yourself as well. Um, because giving out of spite, because you have to, is really different from taking the time to connect to why you're giving. And it's, it's a call of love, not a call, call out of law, you know. So um, if you find that, you know, you're getting really grumpy after giving, you know, maybe that's your little bell ringing saying, take that to prayer and, and remind yourself that it's an invitation to give generously out of love. Um, I don't know. I think that changes the way you give and why you give. And and it allows you to give joyfully as well. Yeah. You know, if you have that, for example, that time and you know you're going to volunteer in this place, you don't think too much. It's like pulling teeth. I'm going. It's a matter of fact. I've committed to it. I'm going to go. I've committed to this 10%. I'm not going to like have to discern it. No, and make excuses not mm. to give because it's given. And I can give generously and mm. I can give joyfully as well to the point where like sometimes you'd have savings maybe um, in, the, in this account and you have no one to give it to. So you look for an opportunity for generosity. So very often we don't look for opportunities for generosity. We wait for them to come to our path. And very often they don't. Mm. And sometimes the greatest acts of charity and of giving and of joyful giving are those moments where the Lord sort of asks us to seek to give, mm-hmm. to seek to give to those in need. Because uh, oh, fine, if you, you've lived in a third world country, that was the need was all around you. But in Australia, at least, the United States, in many places, it's sometimes not easy to find an authentic yeah. need to give to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed listening to the conversation. But when you were talking about checking your motives, I was just thinking the same thing too. And so many questions we can ask ourselves am I doing this to be appreciated or to be recognized or noticed or am I genuinely doing this out of the like to be selfless and to really put the other first um and I guess we can we can apply that again in all of those facets um time talent and and money Mm. yeah yes and so anyway let's give and let's give joyfully let's plan and 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 give as as Christ has given us so much so we've reached the end of I was going to say season one, but no, episode (laughs) one of season eight. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, And again, thank you if you're you're listening for the first time. Thanks so much for staying till the end of the episode. Um, 
We have an amazing season planned, so many great topics um, and scripture verses to break open. But what we do like to do as well is our season finale. We love to take your questions and really just give those personalized answers and and give to the need that that we see. So if you've got any questions that you would like us to tackle and answer, please send them through to us at podcast at figministry.com. Also make sure you follow us on our social media platforms, Catholic Influences underscore on Instagram, facebook.com slash Catholic Influences. YouTube.com forward slash FRG Ministry. Yes, join us also um, for um, our Sunday Masses. We have Sunday Masses on FRGMinistry.com. All the information is right there, FRGMinistry.com forward slash podcast. We love you. We're grateful for you. We're excited for this season. Send us emails. Contact us. Let us know how we, we can serve you. We want to be friends. We want to be friends. We'll see you again for s- Season 8, Episode 2 next week. God bless.